Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast with myself, Andrew Musgrove and John Gibson. That's right, it's time for another episode of Let's Talk About. And we're going to go back to an old friend, an old favourite, well, of mine at least. I'm not sure... If he's an old favourite of John's, it's Miguel Almiron. Yes, let's talk about Miguel Almiron. I've looked back through the diary and it was July 2022 that we did one of the first episodes of Let's Talk About and it was on Almiron. And a year later, Almiron appears to be first choice at Newcastle United. He's a man who's, I'm not going to say rediscovered form because he never actually discovered it in the first place until the season just gone. There is plenty to talk about whether he can continue the form of last season, whether Newcastle United still need an outside right. There's loads uh, to talk about when it comes to Miguel Almiron. And there's also a bit to talk about the previous episode, John, back in July 22, because I've got a few quotes from you. Now, I imagine you expect me to go back through and listen to that episode. um, and bring That's your chairman of his supporters club. I do expect you to do that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, that's right. The applications are still coming thick and fast. That's where we'll start, John. Are you are you finally going to put in your application to be part of the Miguel Almiron fan club? No, I don't think uh, quite so yet. I mean, I am impressed by what Miggy has become as opposed to what he was. Um, but I've been impressed with that sort of unbelievable plus right across Newcastle with Joe Linton, with everybody. So I'm therefore much more impressed by Eddie Howe, who seems to squeeze the lemon and and get more juice out of people right across the board. It's been quite phenomenal. Um, And that has impressed me more. But Mickey's done terrific. And uh, that's, that's great. I mean, you know, is he good enough to keep the right wing position? Well, Everybody has somebody better than him waiting in the wings. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, you start with the with your, the quotes that you want to come out with. I will do. Will do. I'm just going to do a bit of uh, housekeeping first off. So this is coming to you guys first, as always, on the podcast, either Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. So please share it. Leave us a written review if you haven't already. And then if you're watching it, yeah, we start uploading the full episode to YouTube because... They've done quite well, actually. So you can go back on YouTube and see the Let's Talk About Elliot Anderson and the Let's Talk About Fringe players as well. And because we've had an overwhelming positive reaction to them, we're going to keep uploading these episodes. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up and then give the video a share as well. We do appreciate your support. So yes, John, let me start then with the quotes from the episode we recorded way back in July 2022. It seems a lifetime ago. Now, you said... 
We ain't going to finish seventh with Miguel Almiron. If we start with Miguel Almiron at outside right, no signing, and he plays every game until January, then we finish two positions beneath what we were looking to finish. Which, if you are right, John, means we should have finished first. We would have finished first had Newcastle gone and signed an outside right. Well, the the position with Almiron is changed beyond recognition. However, he is still not... I mean, if we go back to the original Almiron, bless him, that came to Newcastle United and we watched regularly, two things stood out. He couldn't hit a bondo from three paces and he ran about like a headless chicken. Um, and that was the man that played for Newcastle United under Steve Bruce. Now, it's partly Bruce's fault and it's partly uh, Miggy's fault because you can't exonerate the player. But what he's become is quite incredible. I mean, last season he made double figures. He scored 11 goals. He was in double figures. The year before he had one. I mean, he did used to run about like a headless chicken and he couldn't score goals for fun. I mean, when he first came here, he set something of a record, didn't he? The, the length of time it took for his first goal for Newcastle United. And so there was there was little hope, but there was little hope with Joe Linton when he was a centre-forward and look what he became. And I do not think Miggy Blessham is still a world-beater, but I think he's a good Premier League player without a shadow of doubt about that. But he's not sensational. Um, and like everybody in the... I mean, I sat through all the building of the entertainers uh, in, in the old days. And this is very reminiscent of that in many, many ways. And you went through periods when you got players like Scott Sellers and that, and you thought nobody would ever be better than, than that player, and that player was terrific. And then you ended up with Shearer and Ferdinand and Ginola and uh, the ultimate side, if you like. I mean, when Newcastle got Andy Cole as a centre-forward, there wasn't anybody going to be better than him. And then we ended up with Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer. So every single player in football can be bettered unless you happen to be Pelle, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo in their pomp. Not now, in their pomp. And so there will be better than than Miggy. Um, I'm not sort of carried away totally, but I think he's terrific and he's the, he is the number one for the right wing position at the start of the season. Without it, They're lining up on the left wing, by the way. There's scores of them waiting to try to get in there, but Miggy will get in. And what Eddie Howe's been the making of him, he's taken the blinkers off him and he, he, he now doesn't run about like a headless chicken. He can see what's happening and tactically what's happening and, and where he should go. And he's been feeding them confidence pills. And the, the two things have, have, have produced a, a totally different player from the one that arrived in Newcastle. Yeah, it's been wonderful to see. And it shows you how much I enjoyed last season. I had Newcastle there finishing the position above. So, and Newcastle wouldn't have won the title had John's theory come right. They would have finished second because they did indeed finish fourth. So that was my bad. Don't write in. Um, yeah, I guess when you look at last season, like you said, John, I mean, you won hit 11 goals in 34 games. The season before that, it was one. The season before that, it was it was four. But then if you delve deeper into last season, a lot of those goals came before the turn of the year. 
Um, yeah. In fact, his last goal, if I'm not mistaken, let me just double check before I say it and sound stupid, was against Wolves on the 3rd of December. Now, he did miss a few games with a thigh injury, but he didn't score again that you know last season from the 3rd of December. He did assist one in the game against Brighton, the 4-1, which pretty much secured Newcastle's Champions League place. That probably worries a lot of people that the form or the goals dried up? I think it did worry a lot of people because you suddenly got people coming up to me in the street fans and saying, has the old Miggy returned? What's happened to the new Miggy that was scoring goals on pace? And then you see him pre-season this season and he, he, he stuck a couple of goals away. And have you noticed, uh, yeah, I mean, and I mean this as a compliment, all his finishing are almost identical, aren't they? He comes in off the right wing and sweeps the ball low, first touch, curved into the far corner. Nearly every finish is identical the, the way he goes about it. And um, it's been nice to see him score a couple of goals pre-season because that's, that's what he needs to do. If you're playing in a front three where in the old days, back in the 40s and 50s, you played two, three, five. Um, you know, if you're playing a centre forward on his own through the middle in two wide blocks, all three have got to score goals. There's no question about that. And midfield's got to chip in. And that's what we've had against Elliot Anderson, that he looks now as if he's conquered, which is fabulous. But that's why on the other wing, we talked about Maxi. His end product not being good enough. His goals and his assists were not good enough. And Harvey Barnes's goal totals much greater than than uh, Fergie. So Maxi needs to uh, Miggy needs to continue that form of last season. He is a shoe in for the right wing on the opening day of the season, bar an injury over this weekend, and heaven forbid. But. It will not be automatic all season if he doesn't score goals from that right wing position. Then he will have to be replaced. It is part of the development of this club, isn't it? What Eddie Howe is working on is getting two quality players in every position across the field, which Pep has done at Manchester City quite spectacularly. We've seen Musa Diaby head to Aston Villa. Now, he was strongly linked to Newcastle United. We know yeah. Newcastle watched him and he would have come in and, and rivaled Miggy for that position on, on the right wing. Do you think either Newcastle have mixed, missed a trick, specifically with Diaby, but also by not going out and, and, and focusing on that right wing? Or do you think Almiron's form has led him to deserve a chance? And, it, and the way he played last season... Look, he didn't score many goals in the second half of the season, but the way he played overall kind of re-prioritised Newcastle's transfer plan. Yeah, I think it's fascinating to try to work out the transfer plan because, you know, there's so... What do you prioritise? What is important? For example, would, would you say, would the fans say, that a left-back today is more important than a right-back? because Trippier's playing there, but Newcastle continued to go after the Southampton boy because Trippier at 32, will he play every game the way he plays them, etc., etc. But is it priority? Or is a left-back priority? 
and you know what positions are priority it is it's fascinating because i think newcastle get what they can get they know what their targets are in each and every position and they would they want somebody for every position that's why they got isaac in with to go with wilson and etc etc and they've got they've got gordon but they still went out and got harvey bonds and so it is very difficult to follow because i think Newcastle sign who becomes available that's on the list. And if they can't get a guy, then they won't necessarily get somebody else for that same position. Um, but yes, long term, they've got to get a right winger. They can move Gordon across there, etc. I guess, if they have to do so. But Joe Linton, if he's not midfield, is an outside left. Isaac, if he's not centre forward, is an outside left. They've got Murphy. But yes, he's got a free run at the moment, is Miggy, and he's earned he's earned that. But um, long term, long term, Miggy will be replaced in two seasons' time. I don't necessarily see Miggy as Newcastle's outside right. On the episode last year, John, you said I, I, I would love it because I said to you in response to your quote, I said, "Do you not do you not get the feeling this is going to be his season?" And you said, "I would love it." And then you quoted Kevin Keegan, and you said it would be a total surprise. It was a total surprise. And I think what's more of a surprise is that if we go back to last July and if you'd asked people, if someone had asked you and I and said, right, either St. Maxman or Miguel Almiron will be sold next summer, who's it going to be? I don't think many people would have picked Maxi over Miguel Almiron. But then this season, Almiron had the goals, the work rate, the fact that he's just disciplined something that Maxi's not, the fact that he tracks back. The fact that he's just an Eddie Howe type of player has led the decision to where Max is gone and Almiron's never been, it's never been in doubt that he's going to be here this season. No, the, the difference essentially, and there's a lot of difference, is work rate, isn't it? The difference between Maxi and Almiron is work rate. Almiron will run all day long. His stamina is enormous. He's more than willing to run back and get in a sliding tackle by his own corner flag to retrieve his situation. And, and he is much more of an Eddie Howe player than Maxi ever was. However, to keep a sense of balance in a team that we hope is going to go on from being fourth top to being regular Champions League and to win a trophy somewhere along the line, and then the jury a little bit by the very highest standards we have will still be out for Miggy because Miggy was sensational until Christmas last season but the second half of his season was nowhere near as good it wasn't anywhere near as good so as we kick off again this season we need Miggy to do it for the whole season not for half a season you know, it wasn't for the want of trying or anything like that, because by Joe Miggy, it's never for the want of trying. He tries 100% every game that's possible. But we need him to do to produce the first half of last season over a whole season this season. And he needs it to see off any challenge for his position. Do you think he can? Are you backing him? I think he can, but I, I think... It's always very difficult. I think there's a limit to what he will do in this Newcastle team. And when it hits its ultimate in, say, two seasons or three seasons' time, I'm not certain that Miggy will be the outside right at that time. But at this moment, he is 
at this moment, for me, there's question marks over several positions. There's question marks over centre forward. Do you play Isaac or do you play Wilson? There's question marks over midfield. Do you allow Anderson in or do you go with Tenali, Bruno and Joe Linton? There's, there, there is over outside left. Bonds or Gordon, etc. So there are question marks that aren't over Miggy starting at outside right. He's a definite starter. But he is not necessarily a definite finish at the next season or start at the, the following season because that depends on him. And although he has improved beyond recognition in my job he has since the, the guy, the first come, uh, there is still improvement needed. And is it in him? I wondered whether he could improve as much as he has, you know. Uh, there's no question. This is, I hasten to add, was under Steve Bruce in, in Ashby. And and I think we all wondered it deep down inside. But with the help of Eddie Howe and his own willingness to learn and listen, he's become a much, much superior player. Can we get even more out of him? Let's see. I'm backing him too. I think he's going to get double figures again. I feel it. Yeah, well, but we, we want it to be over the full season and not over half a season. We do, and... You're right. You know, we can't criticise Alan's at maximum for not being consistent enough and then let Almiron walk off into yeah. the sunset, given that he didn't score goals in 2023. Really important, as you mentioned, John, that he has got a couple of goals in pre-season because yes. that is just going to boost his confidence. And, you know, he'll start against Aston Villa and hopefully open up his account straight away. Starting the season, John, with Almiron and then Jacob Murphy as the options on that right wing. You've got Anthony Gordon, as you mentioned. Are you are you happy with that? Are you confident that those two can see Newcastle through? I'm happy for this stage of the building because I don't want them suddenly to go and buy another outside right and forget about the defence, for example. You know, it's all prioritising, isn't it? Uh, you know, I think we have not got enough defensively. That may sound an amazing thing to say when this when they had the best defensive record alongside Manchester City, the champions, in the whole of the of the Premier League last season. But again, that was built on the first half of the season. Like Miggy's goals came in the first half of the season. All Newcastle's clean sheets came in the first half of the season. In 2023, we couldn't buy a clean sheet and Miggy couldn't buy a goal. So, you know, those situations need addressing. And um, I'm happy to go with what we have wide at this stage of the season because I would prefer us to get a left-back and a centre-half in uh, than, than an outside right because Miggy will do a job. And it's all stepping stones, isn't it? It was with the entertainers and it is with this team. I mean, when I saw Scott Sellers play for the entertainers, I'm using Scott as an example, I thought, what a terrific winger. Doesn't he do a great job? But I never thought it was irreplaceable. And he become replaced by people like David Ginola as the centre-forward. Andy Cole become replaced by Les Ferguson and then by Alan Shearer. It, it is part of the stepping stones and I think that Miggy is part of our stepping stones, but not the ultimate stepping stone. Yeah. yeah if, we won, if we win the Champions League or the Premier League, and there's, we needn't smile because that is a possibility with Newcastle's financial clout. 
in X number of years' time I'm talking about, then I, I don't suspect that Miggy will be outside right in that side. But I don't suspect a lot of the people that are in the side now will be in that side. Yeah, I mean, short term, he's, he's not going anywhere. Obviously, just recently signed new contract as, contract as well sure. till June 2026. I mean, thoroughly deserved for for the yep. form that he, that he found. Yeah, I mean, it's just really exciting to see if he can rediscover the early part of last season. He's been working hard in the off-season, uh, often posting on Instagram his workouts. You know, he's keeping fit, and then he's he's looked like his old self during pre-season, running up and down the pitch like there's no tomorrow, as we mentioned, scoring against Rangers, then against Atlanta. That's going to be really crucial. In Atlanta, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, how important do you think the likes of Kieran Trippier Bruno Gomes are to to Miggy and, and what we saw last season. He's got a really good partnership with both of them. They seem to yeah. understand how he runs, how he plays the ball. We've got to see that again in, in the new season, haven't we? Absolutely. And and in fairness to Miggy, you know, the, the way Miggy plays, the relentless work rate, the willingness to fill in, actually contributes to what Trippier gives us because Trippier can go and he knows that he'll be filling in behind him if it's if it's necessary uh, he knows the back the back three will shut across and cover them so that partnership has been terrific we need a, a sort of partnership something like that on the left and, and you know what might be interesting this season and you know it's going the interesting on Aston Villa is who starts on the other wing. Is it Gordon or is it Harvey Bonds? But long term, we know Harvey Bonds will be the man that nails down the left wing position. And won't it be interesting because Bonds has got a good goal scoring record and Mickey hit double figures last season. The shootout from the two wing positions, who scores the most goals from the, the, the two wing positions between Miggy and Barnes might be something to fascinate us as the season continues. Yeah, 100%. I'm really excited to see Miggy on one wing and, and, and Barnes on the other. As you said there, they've got an eye for goal. I mean, imagine another 10, 12 goals in this team from an individual. When Newcastle and I could go with that, it's quite scary in many ways to think about. Um just looking, um, I've totally lost my train of thought. Yes, what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to read some quotes from Eddie Howe. Now, he was asked before Newcastle faced... Who, who did Newcastle face at, in Atlanta? Was it Brighton? No, it was Chelsea, wasn't it? It was Chelsea when he scored on his old stamping ground, of course. Yes, it was Chelsea. So before um, that game, Eddie Howe was asked about... Uh, Miguel Miron and said Miggy is a hugely important player for us last year he was outstanding everyone talks about the goals with Miggy last season but he is an incredible presser of the ball so I thought he contributed in both areas he scored at Rangers in pre-season and that's a really good start for him he looked really sharp since he's come back a big season for him with the various competitions we have it's important that everyone contributes now you're going to say to me John that's just typical Eddie Howe Typical Eddie Howe. Well, 
I mean, there's a lot of sense in this, and truth, of course, in what he says. The only thing typical about Eddie Howe, which I love him for, is did have you ever heard him be critical of anybody? I mean, he's even said he's a good pal of Ryan Fraser's and the, what a good lad Ryan Fraser is. But uh, it's it's quite significant that he's never seen in the home dressing room anymore. Uh, so is he that much of a good lad as far as... Uh, as far as Eddie's concerned, Eddie always gives good quotes, but I, I think he sincerely means it in 90% of the time, and he certainly means it with Miggy because Miggy's his sort of player. And there's no doubt, no question there, because he likes work rate players, and the work rate is terrific off this guy. Um, but I think, I think Miggy's got to keep his foot on the accelerator this season, you know. Um, he, he's off lifted his stock over last season. But we did worry a little bit towards the end of the season. Newcastle weren't quite the same team towards the end of the season, were they? they I almost felt they were exhausted and staggered over the final line. And we were very grateful when Chelsea final game come because how many much uh, petrol did they have in the tank? And, and, and Miggy was a little bit that way as well. We needed the break. We needed the end of the season. We were conceding at least a goal a game where we kept clean sheets and Miggy's goals had dried up. So, you know, we rather staggered over the line in the end. But that's why I've been reassured by Miggy looking uh, a lot more like the finisher. I know it's only pre-season and those games don't count. It's the start of the season, which is horrendous, by the way. Um, Aston Villa, Man City and Liverpool, what a trio of games that they are. Um, so it's a, it's very, very important that Miggy hits the ground running for his own sake and that Newcastle do. Yeah, 100%. But as I said, I'm confident he's going to do it. You mark my words, he's going to get a goal on the opening day of the season against Aston Villa. It's happening, John. I'm, I'm fully confident that it's happening. As long as that's not the only one up to Christmas and he reverses the season's trend from last season, he, he, I, I'm thrilled to hear he's going to score against Villa, but I would like to think he's going to follow that up and maybe score against Man City or Liverpool or Brighton or Brentford. If he does that, then we'll be cooking. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. 
Hello there, Andrew Musgrove here. I do hope you're enjoying the show so far. Just a quick interruption to point you in the direction of our latest live event. Yes, the award-winning Everything is Black and White podcast is going out in front of a live audience once again. We'll be at the Tyneside Irish Centre on Wednesday, August the 30th, and we really hope you can join us. We've got a fantastic panel. We've got the familiar faces in Lee Ryder, Kieran Kelly and Aaron Stokes. BBC Radio Newcastle's Matthew Raisbeck once again joins us. And alongside those, we've got the Times Henry Winter. And what a time to be talking about Newcastle United. Because just 24 hours later, the Champions League draw takes place. And then just a few days after that, the transfer window closes. So we'll be talking about all about Newcastle's summer business. And there's been quite a bit of that so far. And of course, the Premier League season will be underway. So we could be talking, potentially, about Newcastle being top of the Premier League. Who knows? It's a dream worth having now to secure your ticket hit the link in the description do it right now there you go click on through and secure your ticket for what would be a fantastic night we are making a donation to two really important northeast charities the sir boy robson foundation and the newcastle fans food bank you're going to help out those what a fantastic couple of causes we hope to see you on wednesday august 30th let's get back to the show do you think our mirons aware of what people are saying in terms of, you know, you you haven't really performed consistently since you, you arrived here back in, what, 2019, wasn't it? He's been here a long time, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Do you think, he, do you think he, he, he knows, he feels, you know, Newcastle going on this journey, Champions League football, they're going to be battling for the title in the not-too-distant the not future. He knows that his opportunity is here and now. And that's why he's working extra hard during the off-season. That's why he's, look to start the preseason in blistering form. Do you think he's he's aware of what people are saying in terms of you you need to do it again this season, you need to do it better, stronger and, and just genuinely more, you need to score more goals? Uh, I'm sure he is because uh, he's an intelligent boy. Everybody everybody loves him in the way they love Maxi. That smile, you know, the smiling assassin when he was scoring goals, the big smile. I mean, bless him, he looks as if he cares. He looks as if he's an adopted... Jordy, uh, I mean, he doesn't want to appear like Maxi necessarily in front of the cameras, and he doesn't do the extravagant things Maxi did, like running around giving away watches and going to the food bank, etc. But he's an intelligent footballer, in as much as he will know, like everybody within St James's Park knows, this is a rocket going to the moon, and it's already taken off. And if you don't do your bit, you're overtaken. If we look at the short period from the end of the Ashley regime to what we've got now, players who were absolutely nailed on at Newcastle, like Dubrovka, number one goalkeeper, the one thing we had was a good goalkeeper, it was said during the bushy days. Lascelles, club skipper, centre-half kingpin in every game. Matt Ritchie, could play all over the shop. Fraser played for Scotland quick on the wing. People like the Vodka, Lascelles, Richie and Fraser were totally part of the Newcastle United story. Now they're fringe players. That's what happens. And some players that are now in that side or around it will become fringe players. And I'm certain people like Dan Byrne and people like uh, Miggy uh, will be saying to themselves, 
I've done terrific. It's been good. But I could be replaced any day unless I do the business. Dummett is another one of those that was very much part of Newcastle and isn't anymore. Uh, so they don't want what happened to Dubrovka and Lascelles and Dummett and Rich and Fraser to happen to them. So Dan Byrne will work his socks off and Miggy will work his socks off because if you don't. And what happened to the Maxi, above all, the number one kingpin who not only has been sold because we need money and we've got a trade, and yes, all that's true, but he was sold because at the end of last season, he was just a bench player, you know. He was just a bench player, an impact sub. And so everybody can get overtaken. And Miggy and Dan Byrne and um, Shaw, uh, et cetera, et cetera, are next in line unless they keep banging, 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 banging on the form. They're next in line to be the next little lot that are overtaken and become fringe players and sit on the bench and are told publicly by Eddie how valuable they are because they occupy a position on the bench. But all of a sudden, the position's on the bench and not in the team. So Miggy has got to continue that improvement um, to continue to be part of the starting lineup at Newcastle. Yeah, and... It's he. He clearly always believed John in himself, and the goals would come, and the form would pick up. And I just, I just wonder what, what he thought about last season, like because even not, me, one of his though, is he publicly? I mean, no. Mickey doesn't doesn't say a lot publicly. He's very. I think uh, you know he, he talked of or he mentioned towards the end last season that language was a difficulty. You know, that he didn't go in front of the TV cameras because it was his English up the scratch. Blinking heck, his English up the scratch. How long has he been here? Four years? Yeah. And before yeah. that, he played in America. What's their native tongue again? Oh, it's English. So, I mean, he's been around the English tongue for an awful long time. I think it's a, it's convenient not to... Um, uh, be able to talk enough to be in front of the camera. I think he's just a shy guy that just wants the football to do the talking and doesn't want to do the talking himself. I mean, you get people like Bruno speaking English who couldn't speak a word of it and within about four months of being here it is more than getting by. Um, and Tonali's got the guys come over from AC Milan, hasn't he, to help him settle in and to help with the English situation and he's taking lessons. And so I, I think it's a, a platform of convenience with Miggy, but I, I, I think Miggy knows exactly what the score is. I think he's thrilled a bit. He's got somebody, it just shows you what a good coach can do, doesn't it? You know, there must be so many players throughout England that have been a Miggy. In are going nowhere, but if a good coach gets a hold of them, gives them time, puts confidence in them, takes the blinkers off them on the training ground, how much of an improvement you can see in players. What do you think Eddie Howe's done then? You know, we're, we're talking about him working hard with Miguel Miron. Is it an arm around the shoulder? Is it he's finally utilised his best position? Because under Steve Bruce, there was all the questions about whether Miron's been played. Uh, correctly, what 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 has Eddie Howe done differently to unleash this Miguel Almiron? Well, uh, first and foremost, I think he's very very good at making you feel like you're the only person in the room. 
that matters and that he's talking to you personally and he's taking a huge interest in you and how's the kids and is the missus all right today and how did you enjoy going down to, to uh, Waitrose and etc etc he is very good at one on one making you feel that you're very part of, of the whole setup he needed his confidence boosting but he's also been given the direction you're an outside right. You're not going to play deep midfield. You're not going to play as a wing back. You're not going to be a right back. You're going to play in this part of the field. And this is what I want from you. And, you know, you get the ball. The first thing you do, attack the fullback, knock the cross in. Or if the ball's on the other side, you move in if the ball's on the left wing so that when a cross field pass comes, Two steps and you try to finish coming off the wing with your left peg and you try to finish in the far corner. Is the game has been boiled down to be totally simple and this is what you do and this is the area of the field you're playing and this is how you play it when the ball's on your side of the pitch and this is how you play it when the ball's on the other side of the pitch. And all of a sudden there's clarity. Whereas before it was throw the ball out Miggy will follow it all day long and hopefully it'll eventually get a maxi who can run it up his trouser leg and do whatever he likes because he might just produce something out of the blue. That's not enough direction. Players love to be led. They don't, unless you're a genius, you don't want total freedom to do anything you like. You want to be told what's expected of you and to do that job regularly in a team formation. And um, that's what Pep does, that's what Arteta does, and that's what Eddie Howe does. And he's done a tremendous job, obviously not just with Almiron, but with Joe Linton and and countless others. Now, I think the biggest frustration with Almiron is that he's one-footed, and that annoys me as the chairman and founder of the Miguel Almiron fan club. In fact, if Almiron wants to join his own fan club, I'm going to have to give him a test and he's going to have to practice using his other foot and making sure that he can actually use it before he's allowed to join. Those are the rules, Miggy. Big frustration for you, John? Yes, yes, because in an ideal world, you you want players who, who are left foot, right foot, and can head the ball. I mean, in an ideal world, I mean, Miggy's not going to be heading many in the back post either, is he? Uh, not his game. Um, and yes, it is a frustration because you know what he's going to do and opposing players know what he's going to do. But sometimes it's just too quick for them, you know. Um, and that's the similar. You know what Miggy's going to do. You know he's going to get it and then try to cut inside for a finish. Um, but if you're not quick enough, he's gone. Um, but that's how eventually he'll be replaced. Eventually, be replaced by a fellow that is two footed and does do the everything Miggy does, but has got two feet uh, where he feels equally comfortable instead of wanting wanting it to go onto one foot. But uh, a lot of players are one footed. It annoys me though. It really does annoy me just in general. I mean, if you're a professional footballer, you've got to be using both feet. I just. But anyway, that's a that's a subject for another episode. Uh, yeah. The, the end product of, of Almiron, obviously, it's 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 come alive this season. And it is, it is a joy to watch Almiron when he's when he's running with the ball. A lot of people would say it was a bigger joy watching St. Maxman running with the ball. Um, but is that what sets them them two apart? Was that Almiron finally found the end product? 
it's interesting this because uh, you know isn't it exciting when somebody runs with a ball and, and, and Maxi was not coming well no it isn't because if you opened the gates Maxi would would have run all the way down Gallagate and, and over the Grey's Monument wouldn't he and you know it, it's running with the ball with cuteness that uh, in Clarence I mean I'd rather see Isaac run with the ball than either Miggy or Maxi because when Isaac runs with the ball, it's deliberate, it's precise, and there's going to be... But the bit of magic will be a dagger thrust. It'll not be a bit of magic like Maxi up the trouser leg and out on the left wing. It'll be a dagger thrust straight into the heart of the opposing team. And that's when I like seeing players run with the ball, when they do things like Isaac does. Yeah, I mean, the, the Everton assist... Will stick in the mind for a lot of people. Absolutely, for fantastic. me, from me, you know, I used to go to bed and go to sleep counting sheep, and I'll go to sleep just watching Miggy going up that dead ball line in my mind and uh, setting that one up for Murphy. I mean, yeah. that was that was just a joy to watch. That is, that is the ultimate joy on a football field when you see quality like that, and it ends with an end product, i.e., a goal. That is the real deal. Yeah, again, we, we know we're talking about so many players. Isaac with that assist, you're talking about Almiron, we're talking about Anthony Gordon, Harvey Barnes. If you're in a Cast United fan listening to this, as you know, we both are, it's just so exciting to be talking about these options, these attacking options. And what about Willock's assist last season? Yeah. Remember when he put Isaac in with the with the outside of his foot, the curled ball? I mean, you know, that was a one touch long past the other was a dribble but they must have been two of the greatest assists in in the Premier League at any time they would be up there in your top 10 and they were both done by Newcastle United players so yeah um, but I think the crucial if you're going to play the tactical system that Eddie loves which is with three up top but not in number 10 in number 9 and two wide then the two wide have got to produce goals. And that's why Miggy is not in the team against Aston Villa and is in Saudi, because he just didn't do it enough. Now, Miggy has got to keep doing it like he did last season, getting the double figures, and Harvey Barnes getting the double figures from the other wing. Then, with Isaac and Wilson, one or the other, keep going through the middle... We could be a force if we get if we get three players in double figures next season, the outside right, the outside left, and the centre forward, and we'll get a, a, a decent contribution from midfield, whether it's Tonali, whether it's Bruno, or whether it's Elliot Anderson, then we win something. Fingers crossed. We wouldn't say no to that. I did ask people to send in uh, their responses when I said we were talking about Miguel Muran on today's episode, and we've had quite a few people get in touch. We've had Craig say teams have started to work Miggy out, put and keep him on his right foot. Unless he develops, then he will become ineffective. Your thoughts on that, John? Yeah, well, that's what you've been talking about, really, isn't it? You know, being two footed. Yes, I, I mean, the, the difficulty is when you hit a good season. It's the next season that's the difficult one because teams do work you out. Teams do know what you're going to do. In with Miggy, he's going to try to come in inside in for a finish. Um, so, yes, 
it will be more difficult for him to reach double figures this season uh, than it was last because he was something of a surprise. I mean, the season before, he won goal. That's the Miggy everybody knew in the Premier League. And then all of a sudden, you've got this fella scoring for fun, like confetti in the wind, up to Christmas of last season. Um, now, can he do that again? Because good goal scorers do that. They score season after season after season after season. They don't just score one season, have a run, and then they don't get any more. So this is a, a massive season for him. Uh, as, but it is for so many of them And it is for us as a club Can we do uh, Get fourth again Can we win something Or do we drop out the Champions League After just one season It all depends on how Miggy does It all depends on how he sent the forward does It all depends on what What Tonali and Barnes bring to the table Extra from what we had last season Yeah and it's, but it's great as well To not be relying on just on the, on the one man, we have several players in this squad who Eddie Howe can, can pin his hopes on performing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, we're talking, John, about Almiron having to score more goals this season, having to make sure the form doesn't just last a few months, it lasts the entire of the campaign. And Scott has got in touch to say, if Almiron has another purple patch, I expect him to be next out of the door. Then it guarantees we get a half-decent fee. So, Essentially, John, if Almiron is hit seven, eight, nine, ten goals up to January, could you see Newcastle United cashing in? No, especially not in January, uh, because you've got to see the season out and you haven't got time to, to get replacements, etc. If there's trading to be done, the famous phrase of Dan Ashworth, and the only, the only trading we could do was Miggy. I mean, look at Darlow. People were saying we'll get £5 million for Darlow. We've got 400,000 or something, at least a, a, as down payment. Um, so there was nobody, and you're not going to get anything for Hendrick or for Hayden, and you're not going to get a bunch of money from, for Fraser. So it's very difficult. There's absolutely no possibility of us selling a guy that scored eight or nine goals by January in January because we've got to keep going. The trading would be in the summer, do we? Uh, and I think everybody's vulnerable. Outside of, say, Pope or, or Isaac or, uh, or Bobman uh, or Bruno, everybody's replaceable. That's what good sides do. I mean, Manchester City have lost players. 
like a guevo and, and then Holland comes along and you, you, they've lost Moez now and and so be it. Somebody they won the title and they, they've won the treble and their skipper's gone. But I tell you what, there'll still be a force this season. The turnover happens and you can replace everybody. The only irreplaceable players in the pump, not in the old age, were geniuses like Pelle and Maradona and, and people of that quality. Otherwise, everybody's replaceable. We've got Eric Schmidt saying, Miggy will certainly be important as we are playing four competitions. Whether or not he's first choice, there will be plenty of minutes for him regardless. We've got Tommy saying, my prediction is that he will be usurped from the first 11 by Anthony Gordon. Now, that's an interesting one. I think Gordon's more likely uh, to be battling Barnes for the left position or a backup striker. On the right, I'm not sure Gordon... I don't know. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? I can't... I, I, I'm not batting Gordon to, to get the better of, of Almiron. No, the interesting thing from my point of view, taking Miggy out of the Gordon equation... Is where does Gordon fit in? Now, it could be against Aston Villa, he fits in at outside left because um, he's in red-hot form, having um, done so well in the Euros with the under-21s, and Bonds may be, given, may be given time to get up to scratch, etc., etc. But long-term, short long-term, you know, well before Christmas, Bonds will be the regular outside left at Newcastle. Now, if Miggy's the regular outside right, and it's, it's Isaac or Wilson through the middle, where does Gordon fit in? And and he's looking as if he is going to be some player now. Where does he fit in? Um, yeah, where, where does Anderson fit in? Where does Longstaff oh, Willick fit in? I mean, again, it's just tremendous to be taught. I mean, the bench is going to be absolutely solid, but as the... The person it, it's going there. to be solid in most positions, but it's going to be vulnerable in others, isn't it? You yes. know, you look at, you look at left back, you look at right sided centre half. Are, are the players we've got now in those positions good enough? Never mind the backup. There's not much backup there, and there's not much backup at right back under Trippier unless the Southampton kid comes because Ashby goes off to Swansea. So you know, Manquillo. He would sell if somebody come in with the right money. But what's the right money? It's peanuts again. Um, so we're, we're really strong in some positions, aren't we? Tremendously strong. You could say, look, at you've got an England centre forward, international centre forward, and a Swedish international centre forward. We're strong in some positions, but we're not strong in others. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think offensively, Newcastle have got really great options. Defensively, you would want Livermento coming in as Ashby's gone out. You would arguably like a, another left back. But then if you were left with burning target, you probably wouldn't be too disappointed. A young centre back would be would be good as well. And I'd like another striker, but I mean my Christmas list is ever growing and obviously um Newcastle United haven't got a, an endless pot of money. James says, John, Miggy is very hard working for the team. He had a purple patch pre-World Cup, but his output and quality on the ball isn't great. Poor decision making and final cross slash his pass needs to be better. This might sound harsh, but he needs to do more as a forward player, in his opinion. Pick that apart. Yeah, and um, I know where the guy's coming from. I mean, you know, we, we're trying to be nice to Miggy because Miggy is a nice 
kid and he wants to be important and he is important. But it, I've come back to the stepping stones thing. It's just how important is he now? He will start against Aston Villa. Uh, no question about that unless he got an injury and God forbid this weekend he will start against Aston Villa and he will have a huge part to play this season but that doesn't mean he will be in this team I mean De Bruyne probably thought he'd be in goal and for the rest of the time Lascelles was captain for goodness sake in, in the, number, the centre-half linchpin Um Fraser was supposed to be outstanding. Richie was outstanding. Dumita played over 200 games. And, you know, and all of a sudden, they're fighting for a place on the bench. And that's all. And that can happen to a lot of players who are currently in the team. In a year and a half's time, a year and a half's time, because you look and you'll find this quote in a year and a half's time, you'll put it out with the washing. But in a year and a half's time, Will Byrne be an automatic starter at Newcastle? Will Miggy be an automatic starter at Newcastle? Etc., uh, etc. Et Will Murphy still be at Newcastle? And now it's harsh to say all that because they've all done terrific, but it's a fact of life. And if I tell you what, and I said with Miggy, if Miggy's still here, you know, then we could be in trouble. If these guys are still the number one guys, in a year and a half's time, I wonder how much progress we'll have made. Interesting. It's I mean, stepping, it's it's stepping stones. Yeah. It's stepping stones. You know, I go back to the entertainers. We didn't need an outside left when we had Scott Sellers. Yeah. We didn't need an outside left. No, and all of a sudden, Ginola appears and takes it to a totally different dimension. We didn't yeah. need this. We didn't need a centre forward when Les Ferdinand was playing centre forward and scored twenty eight goals. But the following season, there was a bloke called Alan Shearer wearing the number nine shirt. Stepping stones, as you say, and yeah. I mean the good thing is is that we've seen players step up as well. And like Almiron, the reason we're not crying out for a right winger is because he's he's risen to the challenge. We're seeing Anderson doing it now, and it, there just seems to be something kind of embedded into this Newcastle United squad under anyhow, where, yes, they know they can go out and, and improve the squad by bringing players in, but also they have a, a desire and, and, and want to, to improve and rise to the challenge. And it's really refreshing to see. The last comment I'm going to put to you, John, is from Robert. He says, Miguel Almiron will have another season like last, electric at times, inconsistent and frustrating at others. If he could find some consistency and add a few assists this season, that would be great. Are you agreeing with that? Do you see him just doing what Amiron does? He'll have hot and cold patches. He'll score more goals than he did two or three years ago, but we'll be back here next summer saying, okay, seven, eight, nine, ten, fantastic, but he's not consistent enough. You know that description from Robert, was it? I think you said yeah. it was Robert. That description from Robert of, you know, electric, but then what about the assists? What about the goal? Did that not sound like somebody that used to be talking about Max? Electric, but not enough, not consistent enough. It was like it was like listening to what happened, what how people describe Max. And where's Max now? He's in Saudi Arabia, he's not at Newcastle. Um so Yes, you've 
I find them fascinating to, to talk about because on the one hand, you can pull up Mickey for what he's done. And on the other hand, you can say, he's the Scott Sellers of Newcastle. Scott Sellers was a lovely player. David Ginola was better. Mickey's a lovely player. Who might be better? They, it's one of those. He's got things to do. I don't know that he's the most intelligent of footballers. And by that, I don't mean a guy's thick or anything. I'm talking about football intelligence. You know, you've either got that or you haven't got that. And you sometimes look, and, and this is his decision-making, isn't it? You sometimes look and you think the decision-making is not quite what it should be. That's something Maxie suffered from. And by the way, Maxie's only 24, 25, but he, he will suffer from that the rest of his career, Maxie. It, it's not going to, the penny's not going to drop there because it would have dropped by now. You're either a good decision maker or you're not. Um, and, you know, things change. I mean, we were talking before, Andrew, about how things will change at Newcastle over the next year and a half. For example, Anderson and Miley are going to come from nowhere and be pushing players. I don't mean the outside right, but they're going to be pushing players out of the side unexpectedly because Miley's going to be some player. He's only 17, but, you know, given a fair wind and no injuries, what a good player he's going to be. And I stick behind Elliot Anderson, as I have done for so long. So things are going to change, and you've got to change with it. And I admire what Dan Burns done to rise to the occasion, and I admire what Miggy Almond's done to rise to the occasion and the challenge, and benefit from what I was telling them, and get in a good quality side to finish for top, you know what? You've got to do it all over again. And then when you do, you've got to do it all over again. That's what football's like at the sharp end of the Premier League. And we're now at the sharp end of the Premier League. When we're at the relegation end of the Premier League, you could be iffy. You could be inconsistent, because we would just cling on for your good day. And your good day would get us the three points we needed just to be above the bottom three. And that's when Maxi was a superstar. And, and Miggy was got good write-ups for his endeavour, etc., and scored one goal all season. Yeah, I could have put it better myself. You, 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 you're spot on. I mean, that description does sound a lot like Maxi and now, like you <laughs> see though in, in Saudi. But yes, I think the message is simple. We've just got to see... More from Miguel Almiro on fantastic season last season, but we need to see more goals and it done over the entirety of the campaign. I'm going to back him to do it. I think we'll be sad here next year, John, uh, talking about him scoring. You know what? Screw it. More than 20 goals. I'm going to go for it. I'm feeling positive. He's going to hit more than 20 goals across all competitions. But I tell you what, uh, first of all, he, he, he wasn't sensational last season. He was sensational for one half of last season. Um, secondly, you're in charge of pulling out all the quotes and everything out of the Chronicle history file. I don't know that you'll be pulling that one out, but I'm going to make a note of it when I go off air here that he's going to score 20 goals all season. Because <clears throat> if he does that, I'll go in Fennec shop window and uh, do the... Uh... Yeah, I think we can imagine where you're going with that one, yeah. <laughs> I'll hold yes. you to it, though. I was trying to think of the film. You know the film, the the, the famous film with with the guys that did the stripping. Oh, the, the full Monty, the full Monty. Yeah, yeah. the full Monty. Yeah. But no, I mean, I hope he did twenty goals. But quite to me, anybody hitting twenty goals 
uh, would be wonderful. And that's your centre forward. A winger hitting 20 goals, I don't think so. But I will remind you of it next season. Yeah, well, when when three games to go, is 17 short. Well, I was going to say, after that wager, John, uh, you might want him to hit 20 goals. I'm not sure the rest of Tyneside would, especially those shoppers on Northumberland Street. No, I, I don't wish it either, believe you me. That was just to emphasise how I thought it wouldn't happen. But, <laughs> Miggy, Miggy, go for it, my friend, because nobody would be more pleased than me, apart from Andrew, uh, if you managed to get 20 goals. But, uh, really, we are now on Fantasy Island. Well, this has been Let's Talk About Miguel Almiron. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button and give us a subscribe, show subscription rather. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you as always. Leave us a rating and view and share it with your cast night supporting friends and family. Me and John will be back next week for the first match preview of the 2024 yes. season. It's finally here in Newcastle versus Aston Villa. So we can't wait for that one. Do head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news. And for myself and John, we'll see you very soon. Take care.